This is a Broad Pods production. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is Broad Radio. For you, by you. Broad Radio. Here for more. Hello and welcome to Broad Radio. I'm Jo Stanley and my co-host today is the delightful Angela Pippo. Say there, Ange. Hi, Joe. Great to see your smiling face. I miss you. Oh, darling, we've had a giggle already this morning. What a delight. It might be a little loose show. Who knows? Um, you're joining us from the trenches of remote learning. And mm-hmm. So I have a question for you. I myself have learned the strangest little tidbits along the way from my daughter who's in year six, your beautiful boy, Francis. Have you learned anything from him? So he's in grade two, so I am keeping up with most of the curriculum so far. But there's one little strange um, twist, and that is he's been doing maths and adding up a series of numbers. Mm-hmm. And you know when you put them one under the, you know, one after the other, mm-hmm. and you have a number to carry over into the next column. Yes, that number normally sits at the bottom on the doorstep. I was taught a thousand years ago that when you do that when you carry that number over it sits on the doorstep but no I think in modern learning according to my son Francis that number goes up the top of the column <sighs> is that a bit weird I don't know the changing maths it's it's it, I, I believe it's a conspiracy to make all parents feel dumb because right. <laughs> it's 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 left me behind well and truly. So anyway, um, we have an amazing show for you coming up today. We're going to be having a beautiful in-depth chat with former MP Kate Ellis, who I know is a mate of yours, Ange, and um, she just she's so inspirational and she's got an amazing book out, Sex, Lies and Question Time. Also today, we're going to be getting all of the news about Paralympics from Sports Journal. Kate O'Halloran and Kirsty Wiebeck, one of our favourite comedians <laughs> and one of our favourite broads on Broad Radio is going to be showing us how to get the laughs in lockdown. She's doing an amazing job for all of us there. I tell you what, it is such a delight when you join us on Broad Radio and follow along. We'd love to hear your comments. Please do share on Facebook or YouTube. If you're watching live right now or if you're watching in catch up, 
it'd be awesome if you could like and subscribe, follow, do all the things that we ask you to do on social media that really helps us as we grow in Broad Radio. And you can always catch up via podcast if that's more your thing, Broad Radio on the go, wherever you get your podcasts. And we love it when you join us with our More To Say poll. It's one question. You could win yourself a beautiful Love Your Hands pack from Saba Organics, one of the world's only 100% certified organic skincare products. And this week, Ange, we are asking a very important question, okay? Mm-hmm. We're asking, well, the pandemic is a considerable burden for people working from home, schooling, isolation, and geez, women are really copying it hard. Where do you sit? Are you coping on managing to make it work right through to I've just stopped working to manage the kids and household? And it's a real concern, isn't it? We saw this written about by Wendy Tui this week in an incredible story Mm. about the burden that women are experiencing in lockdown, particularly now that childcare has been closed as well in Melbourne. Oh, it's difficult, isn't it? And that was a great article by Wendy Tui. She talks about how society still operates on the assumption that women are the primary carers and the decision makers when it comes to kids. And, you know, that's how it plays out in my house. And we're a progressive couple, Simon and I, but it doesn't really matter how progressive you are. It's hard to, I find, it's hard to shake the social pressure to be in charge of the household. And I do it because... I'm better with structure. I do it because I'm perhaps the, you know better at organising stuff. But it does mean that you juggle a lot and mm. it's, it's hard. It's absolutely difficult. Yeah, it's really difficult for um, parents and women who have uh, jobs that are really structured as well. Mm. I feel really blessed that I work freelance. Most of my work yeah. I can sort of arrange around my daughter's time frame. But mm-hmm. that does mean I work till midnight. 1am sometimes but some people have really structured work days and employers that are not understanding of the fact that they might now have a three-year-old a kinder student and a preppy a year one to manage in the whilst also doing the this the working from home it's just not manageable Mm. See, I'm like you as a freelancer, I can sort of structure my work around the school day. Um, But I also have trouble saying no to work. And that's part of being a freelancer. Mm. When when the work comes, you you take it because you don't know when the next opportunity is going to present itself. So um, it's, it's very challenging. I look forward to having this discussion with you, perhaps, you know, down the track where we can take a real deep dive into it. I mean, I think the problem's going to be um, women are already behind when it comes to gender equality in the workplace. We're behind with superannuation. So when we emerge from the pand- pandemic, um, we have to look at this through a gender lens, you know, to mm. try and make up the lost ground. But as we know from recent history, this federal government doesn't seem to have a gender lens in its draw. Um, so it's it's... Women are going to be further back, further behind. Yeah, well, and as Wendy Tui mentioned in her article, there are women who are choosing to just work less or in the end Mm. leave their job because it's just too hard. They're at breaking point 
And that then has that kick-on effect of you're behind with super. You've got to somehow <laughs> re-enter the workforce down the track. I mean, it's, it's a very big problem. Um, Danielle Wood from the Grattan Institute has some fantastic ideas as to how the government can step in as far as, I mean, here's a great one, single parents being given essential worker status. Because essentially they right. are. They are essential yes. workers. They're the only <laughs> yes. ones caring for those children, plus possibly juggling a job, you would imagine. So give them essential worker status so those kids can then go to childcare. What a great idea. That's a mm. really basic thing to do for those, those single parents who I don't know how they're getting by. Yeah. Again, it's looking at it from a different perspective. And, you know, that's why you need to have you know, diversity when it comes to thinking about these big issues because then you'll come at it a different way and you might find a solution like that one. Mm, yeah, it's mm. a really, really great idea. So we are thinking of you in the trenches and we know that... Um, it is a conversation that needs to keep happening. We can't let mm -hmm. women fall through the cracks in this really difficult time. So as you alluded to there, and we are going to be taking a deeper dive into this issue in subsequent episodes of Broad Radio Down the Track. I want to mention we are already getting some great comments on Facebook. And well, actually, we've got someone saying, Ange, that in fact, the number was always at the top when she went to school. That's from Rach. Oh. And then Katrina's telling us on the doorstep. So... Really? That, that's a hotly debated issue. Who knew? Well, maybe it's a state versus state thing because, as you know, I grew up in South Australia, so maybe we did the doorstep there and other states did it up higher. I don't know. South Not that I want to create more division between the states. We've got enough at the moment. <laughs> It's true. Um, all right. And do let us know if you're watching how you are coping with the burden. We really want to keep that conversation going. We'd love to hear what is it like in your household and how you're getting by and, um, you know, what, what support maybe that you felt is around you, if any. Um, it's really critical conversation. Now, it is a really exciting day for us who have missed the Olympics. I mean, remember <laughs> that time? It was only... Two weeks ago, Ange, that we watched sport yeah. around the clock. Can you believe that's been only two weeks? It's, that this has really hit me. <laughs> anyway. Time is different in a pandemic. <laughs> oh, it really is. But the joy is that the Paralympics start today, which is super exciting. I think we have missed having that release and having something to really, as a nation, attach ourselves to. And so we're really excited to learn all about it with sports journal Kate O'Halloran. Hi there, Kate. Good morning. Wow. How, how, what are we looking forward to when it comes to the Paralympics? And is it going to be on our screens as we had previously with the Olympics? Yeah, so, yeah, it's going to be um, unprecedented coverage, really, which I think is the most overused word in the pandemic, but um, it's true. This is, in the case this is a positive unprecedented, though. <laughs> That's right. It's not the doom and gloom of the apocalypse this time. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we've got um, our largest ever contingent of athletes going over, 179. 44% um, of them are women. We've got 84 debutantes as well. So, yeah, we've got just under two weeks of action. Australia's competing in uh, 18 of the 22 sports on offer. Um, and, yeah, of course, we're generally very successful at the Paralympic Games. So hopefully we'll have a repeat of our success at the Olympics as well. I think we've been in the top five in the medal tally since 1992, which is pretty amazing. It's going to be live on 7 Plus for the first time. So <clears throat> we'll have that same experience that, 
many of us had, I think, during the Olympics, trying to watch multiple sports at once, streaming on our computers and watching the TV in the background <laughs> yeah. as well. So, yeah, I'm really looking well, forward to that. At least we've warmed up to it. We've figured out how to do it. We did it with the Olympics. So by the time this starts, we're skilled at doing many things at once. Yeah. Um, and what about, are there particular sports that are unique to the Paralympics? Yes. Um, yeah, there's actually a couple. So um, boccia is one of those um, and goalball is the other. So boccia, um, I always, I really hate the job of trying to explain a sport that I have never participated in and don't know much about, but I kind of see it a bit like lawn bowls. Um, so it's it's played on sort of a flat, smooth surface and players have to either throw kick or use a ramp device to roll um, red or blue leather balls as close as possible to a white target ball that's known as the jack. Um, and of course, the red or blue just dictates or determines which team is participating and each um, <clears throat> athlete or team throws six balls per end. Uh, so yeah, it's really a game of strategy and accuracy. It was originally designed for people with cerebral palsy. So and now it's played in different classes, um, as a lot of the Paralympic uh, sports are and the other one's goalball which uh, is pretty fun to watch as is boccia but goalballs yeah played exclusively by athletes who are visually impaired um, and it was invented in 1946 to help rehabilitate veterans who had lost their sight during World War II and so um, there's three per side each player has to wear opaque eye shades to ensure fair competition um, and they have three members of the team yeah playing at any one time um, and the object is to try and throw a ball, like using a bowling motion, past their opponents into the net to score points. Um, so you can bounce it, curve, spin shots, etc. And the opposition have to stay on their hands and knees to try and defend their net. Wow. Um, and yeah, it's, it's really fun to watch. The crowd has to stay completely silent because there's a couple of bells in the ball to help orient players um, to its direction. Um, so yeah, it's it's really fun to watch. There's two 12 minute halves, and yeah, we've seen big crowds, particularly at the Sydney Paralympics as well. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. Um, of course, again. We've, got, yeah. we've got no crowds though because of well, COVID. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be a bit all over the place, a bit like the Olympics. The general rule is no mm -hmm. crowds, but obviously there's extra caution um, being taken. Um, but, yeah, the COVID cases in Japan actually at the moment are much higher than they were when our Olympic team went over. So we've got about 25,000 cases a day at the moment. I think Japan's got the fifth most in the world. So, And that's about <clears throat> three times higher than their last wave of COVID. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, even when our first Paralympians arrived, we only had about 3,000 cases a day in Japan. So, yeah, it's, um, I mean, this was talked about actually in the lead up because all of our athletes were mandated to be vaccinated just because of the um, additional risk that some of them are at if they were to contract COVID. So, and Australia apparently are not going to be, um, or the athletes are not going to actually participate in the opening ceremony um, just because of the added risk that that would entail traveling back and forward. So obviously disappointing for them, but yeah, it just seems a necessary step to take with the extra risk around at the moment. And Kate, I want to talk about the We The 15 campaign and the, that campaign represents the 15% of people around the world who are living with a disability. I mean, 15% mm. is a large 
marginalised mm. group, right? That's a lot of people. Yeah. Now, in that campaign, there are some um, athletes uh, poking fun at some of the things that they have to hear all the time. Yeah. Um, and one of them is, wow, you guys are such an inspiration. Can you tell us firstly why that is wrong and what has there been a shift away from that language towards them being just elite athletes? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, thanks for raising that because um, Chef Demission Kate McLaughlin for Australia actually spoke about this in the lead-up to the Games and, and her take was that things were improving so that we are, as, as journalists, um, reporting more on athletes' achievements and their elite talent rather than uh, focusing on their disabilities. So I think I've got a quote from her here just saying, yeah, there's been a noticeable shift in the way our athletes are referred to. They're not focusing on disability as much as them being athlete, elite athletes, which they absolutely are. I feel like there's so much focus on them being inspirational because of their disability, but they're inspirational because they're amazing athletes and that's a lovely shift. Um, and, yeah, of course, um, the much-beloved late Stella Young also wrote a piece um, way back in 2012, actually, but she said, yeah, that um, we should stop using inspirational to describe athletes with disability. It made her really uncomfortable um, just in the context of, I mean, she raised a few good points. One was, you know, sometimes I'm just doing an everyday thing, using my body in the way that I've always known to use it. Um, and it's patronising and insulting to be called inspirational just for, you know, sitting on the bus was one of the examples she gave of someone saying it was inspiring to see her on the bus each day. And she mm -hmm. said, oh, you know, should I have said back, well, it's inspiring to see you on the bus every day too. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, not many people like catching the bus. I would like to acknowledge that. <laughs> That's true. In Melbourne, it's, people just pretend they don't exist. <laughs> Um, the other great point she made, which I loved, was just that, you know, it takes attention away from the systemic issues we still have in terms of, you know, infrastructure and other issues for people with disability, access to quality healthcare, access to physical activity um, and the opportunity to participate in elite sport. I mean, certainly it's improving, but when we just talk about individuals being inspirational it's really that yeah neoliberal focus on you know the achievement of the individual at the expense of systemic barriers and focusing on how we can improve those so mm. yeah it's nice to hear that Kate McLaughlin thinks things are improving anyway um in 2021. Yes, and I absolutely love that We the 15 campaign. Uh, we are hoping to have Ali Cole, who's one of our Paralympics, and she's heading that campaign in Australia with Kurt Fernley. Um, we're hoping to have her on Broad Radio in coming weeks after she, oh, cool. I hope, bring home a gold medal in the pool at the Paralympics. <laughs> yeah. she's, she's one of our hopes. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is uh, her fourth Para Games. So she's competed on the international stage since 14. Um, so she's going to be in the 100-metre freestyle, 400-metre freestyle, 100-metre backstroke and some of our relays. And she's the reigning um, S9 100-metre backstroke champion. Um, she won six medals in Rio and four in London. So um, amazing. Yeah, it, it'll be really interesting to see how she goes amongst. Yeah, we've got quite the cohort. So, yeah, really looking forward to the Paris swimming I think she said she's been really inspired by how well our Olympians did as well, just wants to, you know, roll along with the uh, momentum that we've got going. So, yeah, let's see how we go in the pool again. 
And we have to give a shout out to Danny DeToro, who is going to be competing at her seventh Games. Unbelievable. <laughs> I think that's amazing. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I was about to say, how inspiring. No, I'm just Competing seven games, though. I mean, I'm real. Like, um, yeah, so 1996 was the first time she competed. I think I was 10 years old. So, <laughs> um, yes, and she's co-captain of our team. Um, and the amazing thing for me is, yeah, her first five games she competed in wheelchair tennis um, and was once the world number one in tennis, of course, but now um, and won two medals, including the silver um in the doubles at the Sydney Games. But, yeah, now she's competing in table tennis. So, um, yeah, she's had a bit of a laugh about this too, saying, you know, I never really thought that I'd be back participating in table (laughs) tennis. Um, But she just had a hit with um, Millie Tapper during the London Paralympic Games in 2012. um, 2012. And, yeah, she said I literally was just having a laugh, never imagined my life would take this turn. And, and here she is. So incredible. I find that inspiring yeah. because that, that is just like a completely different sport. Yeah. <laughs> Table tennis, if you've ever tried to play <laughs> both. <laughs> I don't, she I did d- say that. I, I can't on. believe how athletes are able to pivot from one sport to the other, how we've seen, I mean, Nova Paris did it and, and Ash Barty and, you know, to go from tennis to table tennis, completely different. <laughs> it's amazing to me. I find yeah. that. Yeah. Um, we need to mention, though, this incredible story just quickly. Oh, can we do it quickly? I don't know. It needs it needs some some time, really, to unpack it. But yeah. the Afghan uh, Paralympics, who we were hoping to be there, um, it's unfolded overnight that Australia has come to the rescue in this extraordinary mission to get them out of As- Afghanistan. Um, mm. And... I really recommend you go to the ABC website and read this story, and I believe it's going to be on the TV tonight as, as they explain what happened over the weekend where uh, Craig Foster got involved and was able to put some pressure on Foreign Minister, Minister Maurice Payne. Uh, then Kurt Fernley got involved. Zali Stegall has been involved. And, and miraculously, these women Paralympics have been rescued and brought to Australia. Yeah, um, so, and it's not just Paralympians, so, um, but Zakia Kadadi, um, she's a 23-year-old, she was going to make history as the first ever woman from her country to compete in the Paralympics. So she was going to compete in para- Taekwondo, which is in the Paralympics for the first time this year. Um, and, yeah, Afghan athletes have only participated in the Paralympics since 1996 but have never won a, a medal. Um, but, of course, with everything that's happened in Afghanistan over the last week or so, Um, the Paralympic Committee said that she wouldn't be able to participate um, due to the, you know, ongoing serious situation and that all airports were closed and so on and so on. Um, But really the fear was from an international perspective what would happen to her and all all the other Afghan athletes um, who participated in sport at the international level, for example, um, the Afghanistan national football team, the women's football team, uh, there was reports that, you know, they were being asked to burn kits and, and hide in case they were targeted. Um, and so, yeah, but just amazingly this news is broken really overnight um, from Tracy Holmes on the ABC saying that Australia has been able to escort 50 athletes, um, including Kudadi, um, the Paralympian, who was um, due to represent her country in Tokyo, um, to Australia. So... 
uh, yeah, incredible um, list of names involved in this campaign. Also, Nikki Dryden, who's a uh, human rights lawyer and previously worked with Craig Foster on the Save Hakeem campaign as well. So um, just amazing that they've been able to actually pull this off and get them all through the airport. I think there's a lot of people who'd be relieved um, to hear that news because we've all, all been worrying about their fate. So, Absolutely. And Tracy's piece on the website includes a transcript of some of the WhatsApp messages that took place as this um, this mission was being carried out. And Craig Foster has the last two messages on the WhatsApp and he says, they are safe in Australian hands. This is what Australia should be every day. And mm. I could not agree more. I mean, this, yeah. is, this, is, this is us, you know, this is who, well, mm. this is who we need to be. We need um, more compassion mm. at the top. Mm. I mean, mm. we know Craig Foster has remarkable skills in negotiating and communicating in the human rights space. Boy, I would like to see him perhaps play a more active role in government, mm. um, yeah. you know, a more formal role because he has the right skills to do it. And we need more mm. people like him um, in our decision-making process. Yeah. Mm. Mm. We absolutely do. Yeah, we absolutely do. And, and that transcript in itself is incredible because the, the risks that those women went through to get just to the airport, oh, mm -hmm. it really puts in perspective all of it, what people are going through in Afghanistan at the moment. And um, mm. yeah, have really how fortunate we are here and really our freedoms are not necessarily being threatened as some mm -hmm. in our community suggest. Um, Kate, it's been amazing to have you on Broad Radio again. Thank you so much for bringing all of that information about the Paralympics. We can't wait to see all of our athletes just, oh, you know, participate, go for gold and uh, give us that much needed distraction at the moment. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, looking forward to the opening ceremony tonight. Yes, absolutely. Thanks so much, Kate. We look forward to having you on Broad Radio again soon. And in just a moment, the hilarious Kirsty Weebeck is joining us. That's on Broad Radio. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Lots of gratitude to those who are keeping us distracted and entertained and laughing mm. at the moment, one <laughs> of which is the amazing Kirsty Weebeck. Hi there, Kirsty. 
Hello, friends. How are you? Oh, I'm doing okay. You doing okay? Yeah. I tell you right, what. I reckon. You're you're looking hot. Is it the vaccinations? <laughs> <laughs> and I I did get double vaccinated, and uh, it made me thirty percent hotter. <laughs> it's clear. <laughs> It's true. I'd invite you round. I feel like, you know, when you know that your mates are vaccinated, you're like, yes, I approve of this person. I do know you went you went fully Karen on someone, though, Kirsty. I mean, we all live vicariously through your Twitter feed and you shared something where you actually reported someone. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. Like, I kind of I'm still a little bit cringy about it. But um, yeah, long, long story short, um, uh, Joan, our, our four-month-old puppy, uh, is meant to be going to puppy school at the moment and Lord knows she needs it. There she is. <laughs> she's a beautiful girl. She's very naughty, Aww. but she's a beautiful girl. Oh, you're a good girl, Joanie. Oh, sorry, back on track. And uh, <laughs> distracted by my own puppy. Um, she was meant to be doing it face-to-face. She obviously can't. It had to go online. And long story short, the place who was doing her lessons uh, don't have a facility to take the money over the phone or the internet. Um, I know, what? <laughs> and um, they're outside my 5K radius and, and they wanted me to um, take the cash in. And I explained to them that I'm uh, currently living by the bay, uh, which is a hotspot area, mm-hmm. and it's also outside of my five-kilometre radius anyway. Um, and so they essentially gave me a bunch of um, ways that I could breach the 5K radius and uh, excuses I could give the police if I got pulled over. And so I ended up, I ended up making a complaint <laughs> And, um, and and the, the manager rang me up and, and they've cleared it all up and they were incredibly apologetic and also horrified. Um, but I was also like, mate, yeah, like, you know, my partner works in a hospital and like, mm. we're, I don't know, call us bizarre, but we're taking the pandemic seriously. So. <laughs> what? You people are crazy. <laughs> we need to lighten up a bit, I think. <laughs> I I really enjoy following you on on Twitter and one of your tweets was triggering for me but triggering in a really nice way. You mentioned something about Spandau Ballet and I don't re- remember the exact tweet but it was a very positive uplifting tweet about I think Spandau Ballet being your go-to band when you need a bit of a, you know, pick me up. And it took me back to a very happy time in my life. I got my first blue light disco pash to Spandau Ballet and the song was true. And, you know, true as in the name of the song, not mm. it being a true story. Um, but, <laughs> but it was, I mean, that's, you're providing a community service. Do you realise with your positive, fun tweeting, you're making us all feel better about living with so much uncertainty. I hope you know that. Oh, well, that's a very kind thing to say. Thank you, Ange. Um, it, it certainly brings me a lot of joy as well, being able to mm. make people laugh or even, yeah, even trigger memories for people. Or it's, <laughs> it's so it's so funny when you throw something out there on Twitter and and you come back a little while later and you know hundreds of people have commented like, oh yeah, me too, and this thing and that thing and. 
I, I think it gives me a sense of connection and community as well. Mm. So I'm pleased that it's not purely selfish for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not, you, you're not just sort of like releasing thoughts out of your mind at random because you can't hold them in any longer. <laughs> or maybe it's a relief for Elle that you're not blurting it at her. You're just putting it out to the Twitterverse instead. <laughs> Yeah, she she doesn't understand because sometimes she'll be like, "Are you on Twitter again?" And I'm like, "L, like you would have received all of this. Uh, instead, I'm feeding it out." Yeah, that's you, right. you're right, Joe. Yeah, I'm releasing the valve slowly. <laughs> that's right. Because imagine if all those thoughts were stuck in your head. My God, your hair would be It'd ten be times higher. <laughs> And it's already too high. No, I know. What I'm loving, I'm loving the image of you having a pash to Spandai Ballet, by the way, Ange. I remember oh. what, one of my first pashes was to New Order, Blue Monday, right? Which <gasps> great song. A bloody great song. I don't know. We're a little older than you, Kirsty. I don't know if you have a first pash song that you can recall. I was just thinking how impressive it is that you had the presence of mind during your first pash to be aware of what music was playing. <laughs> Well, you know what? It wasn't a present of mind. It was the deep regret that I had that I was doing well, it. Well, <laughs> it, it might also stuck I in my head. It's, it speaks to the passion not being very good, the yeah. fact that I was focused on the music <laughs> and not true. that kiss. Yeah. It's really true. <laughs> um, now, a couple of things we need to cover off. One is your adorable dog, Joni. Can we see her? Is she nearby? Is it possible to see her? She's other, not other... nearby, unfortunately. Oh, I've, had, I've had to relocate her, otherwise she would have been like munching through the computer and oh. the, there would have been a spot fire behind me. <laughs> and I, I've, I've, had to, I've had to give her a, a tasty snack and pop her in the other room. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But also you're on Channel 7 News. How about that? Yeah, I can't believe it. Um, <laughs> I, got to, I got to go on Channel 7 News the other night and I also got to go on Today Extra. Uh, to talk about these uh, awesome Zoom comedy shows that I'm doing at the moment. So, yeah, I was super, super lucky. Uh, I've been on a bit of a press junket in the <laughs> middle of the pandemic. Who thought that would happen? <laughs> Is it the first time you've been on the news? Have you ever been on the news even? Like, you know how some kids go get on the news for something random in primary school? Yeah, I think I was on the news as a kid. And actually talking um, Paralympics and, and Olympics, because uh, obviously it's that time of year at the moment, um, I, I think in primary school there was a, a gymnast called, I think it was Brennan Dowrick, and he came to my primary school. And, like, I, I grew up in Canberra, so it was a slow news uh, life. And, <laughs> <laughs> and, and I met Brennan Dowrick and was like, good job, um, keep up the good uh, gymnasting. And, um, and I was on the news, like, giving an Olympic gymnast a pat on the back as, like, an eight-year-old. <laughs> good on you, mate. Keep it up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that gave him the edge. I absolutely think it did also. <laughs> Walked out of there with his shoulders held high. <laughs> She's right, I do have it. Yeah. <laughs> but you you have turned the gloom into Zoom. You've got your the 
Zoom comedy, which is going so well. So you get a snapshot into the lives of Australians when you do this. You know, they're all in their lounge rooms or in some cases they're in the bathroom <laughs> watching you perform. What can you report about what's it, what's it like out there in Australia at the moment? Because you are connected <laughs> to these people. <laughs> people love an indoor plant. Um, yeah. <laughs> people love watching comedy from the bathtub. Uh, in the first week that we did it, there was this couple that had their camera on and were just in the bath and they had one of those bath boards in between them with drinks and like a cheese board and stuff. And so <laughs> it, everyone was preoccupied just watching them having their best day in the Zoom <laughs> gallery. And it started a little trend. And so now often before the show, people on Twitter will send a photo of their little bath set up, like <laughs> all ready to watch some comedy. And I just love that they have that they're like Oh no. Oops. We've lost Kirsty. Oh I'm so sorry. Because we started talking about nudity. Oh, See? oh do you think Oh look, I've got it I've got it prop. <laughs> she started talking about nudity. I have had that since on standby since we launched in January, Ange. This is from an old comedy festival show that I did about 10, 12 years ago, which is all about magazines, and I recreated magazine covers. And back in the day, they used to put these little stickers over celebrities' nipples when they had them on the cover. <laughs> if they were topless at the beach or whatever, like a paparazzi shot. There you go. Too rude. We've broken, we've broken Kirsty's internet by talking about people in the bath. Oh, I'm so sad. Oh. Oh, are we going to try and get her back or not? I don't know. Look, I'm just going to mention my favourite tweet from Kirsty, which made yes. me think of you also, and which was making parents get their children dressed up for book week while they are remote learning during lockdown is the worst thing you can do other than re-elect Scott Morrison. <laughs> Hilarious. Great, great And look, that tweet. did resonate with me and I mm. vowed that I would not get involved in book week this year. I was mm. boycotting it and I made that announcement to the household. But then the guilt kicked in as we got closer oh. and closer to the start of book week. I felt like I needed to do something. So you know what I did? Mm -hmm. I gathered up all these twigs out the back right. and created a broom to go with the Harry Potter kind of homemade outfit that Francis, Francis was going to wear for the Zoom. Wow. So I made the broom. There you go. I, I couldn't help myself. This, I think sometimes we are our own worst enemies. This is not related to the, the very real burden that mothers and women are carrying yeah. at the moment. Mm. Separate to that, I think we need yes. to maybe step back a little and lower our standards. <laughs> that's just that's my motto in life. I actually I always well, say you should have said the broom was pretty crap. I mean the standards <laughs> were low. It was a really crap broom. <laughs> All right, so we're not unfortunately we are not going to get Kirsty back. I don't think, but we do want to mention that she has a Zoom tomorrow night. You've got to check out her Zoom comedy shows. They are super funny, and uh, she's got great guests there. She's got uh, Felicity Ward and two other people whose names I don't recall. <laughs> I was going to get her to tell us who they are. <laughs> oh, the wheels have fallen off. Doesn't matter. Um, we're having a great old time. <laughs> and, uh, well, I think it's time. We're going to, um, well, we've got uh, Kate Ellis, incredible woman. She's a mate of yours. We are both Adelaide Crows fans. Well, in fact, Kate is on the board and I'm an ambassador. Mm. And that was the 2019 AFLW Premiership. And we were in the rooms afterwards getting our hands on that glorious, shiny Premiership Cup. 
What a different um, time. So many good memories. Yeah. yeah. What a different time. Well, Kate Alice, former MP, is going to be joining us right after this. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 